Welcome back, everyone, to another week of the most phenomenal podcast on TV reviews, TV film and entertainment news, and often with celebrity guests. What am I talking about, Kevin? You're talking about TV channeling, the five-star rated podcast, by the way. You are. We're so humble. Anyway, my name is Tachi. (laughs) (laughs) And my name is Kevin. And we are not alone. Not in this episode. We are super psyched. We have an exciting guest yet again. Tachi, tell him about him. Well, he hails from Hollywood, California. Uh, anyway, I'm trying to be. Wait, dun, 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 yeah, exactly. Cue <laughs> 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 the turntable. Welcome back to Troy DeVold. He is a friend to the show, and we are so happy to have you back. I mean, we tricked him, as Kevin would say, once again into coming back and spending time with us. How are you doing, Troy? I'm fine. I'm glad to be here. Fantastic. So, Kevin. No, tri- no trickery was actually involved. I love this place. Oh, oh see, that's Aww. awesome. Awesome. Wow. But that's what you have to say when company is here. Yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> You'll tell me what you've done with my mother afterwards, right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And per our agreement, at the end of the show, your dog will be returned to you unharmed. Unharmed. Yes. All right. So <laughs> we're super excited to have Troy back uh, because this time we're diving. We'll de- we'll we're delving, delving in even deeper. Delving into the world, and diving. De- delving into the world of reality TV even deeper because we're lucky enough to have this uh, t- uh, reality show TV producer extraordinaire. Um, before we go into what this, this episode is about, let's go over a little bit of Troy's IMDb page. Yet again, Troy, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Oh, good heavens. Uh, I've been producing reality television for about 20 years. My career started on shows like MTV's Fear and the Osbournes and has since gone on through shows like The Surreal Life, The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, Dancing with the Stars, Basketball Wives, Flipping Out, uh, lots of stuff. Oh my God, that's flipping unbelievable! All right, so because we have this reality show producer extraordinaire on the show, we we can del- we can delve even deeper. And what we're doing this time is we're doing our top five favorite reality show personalities. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, we're super we're super excited. So we're doing it like we always do it. We're starting from the bottom up. So Troy, what is your number five favorite reality show personality? My number five personality. Dun dun uh, well, dun. Gee, let me just let me just say Jeff Lewis from Flipping Out. Oh, okay. Such an absolutely fascinating character and such an interesting guy. Uh, when I started on that show, and I am going to talk about shows I've worked on because that's the only half. That's half of why I like these people. Um, Jeff Lewis, uh, when we first started doing Flipping Out, I think one of the, the, the most interesting things to me was that he was willing to be completely candid uh, about having OCD and how that sort of, you know, flows into his, spills over into every aspect of his life, and the access that we got from him uh, to the the reality of those that those sort of emotions and such uh, really made him an interesting character. I thought the, the first episode, he was really dynamic. We were able to find out things about him in certain ways, just like a sim- something as simple as placing a lunch order turns into, you know, I, I, I want to have, I want to drink, but here's what I want. I want 80% Sprite. I want 10% lemonade. I want 5% this and 5% that. 
if they don't have this, then give me 85% Sprite. <laughs> and then he's gotten this wow. whole thing down. And, you know, you can't, there's a big moment on the show, no onions, no onions. How many times do I have to tell you? You have to check the box. Um, it's really a real thing. And that was the thing is when I watch, when I, when you watch that show, you're expecting him to be just sort of this, you know, difficult guy to work with who has difficulty controlling himself and just sort of how it affects everybody around him. But uh, it felt very real to me. And I, I just, I love people that aren't afraid to give real access to who they are on a show. So that's why I've always enjoyed Jeff Lewis. He's always going to tell you exactly what he's thinking. Even when things are camped up a little bit, you know who the real person is that's in there. So he's my number five. Wow. Mm, that's a great, I, I love the explanation of that. And it's interesting because you actually have personal experience uh, with, the, with many of these individuals. The only one I know is Omarosa, and she's not on my list, but anyway. <laughs> I was going to say, she's going to be one of your favorites. <laughs> she's not. <laughs> I was going to say, how long is that list? <laughs> <laughs> she made it to number 55. Anyway. All right, speaking of Tachi's favorites. All right, Tachi. So what is your number five? My number five favorite, uh, we've, we've already talked uh, ad nauseum about Project Runway and my love for Project Runway. So my number five is Tim Gunn. Good call. <gasps> wow. I, Interesting pick. I love, you know, often uh, some of this list is based off of things that people say. It, it's about personality, but also things that people say and the way they say it. So when he says designers, that is my favorite thing. I, I, I'm, I'm like up and listening when he says designers. I'm like, yes, chef. I'm like up and listening because he commands such presence with that. And he's just, um, you know, he's, He's kind of like, you better figure it out, but he's also very helpful in the way he gives uh, critiques. And I, I just love, and I love his style personally anyway. So Tim Gunn is my number five. Yeah, one thing that's amazing about Tim Gunn is the, the genuineness to me. He cares he does. about these creatives. You can see, and when they're making a, when he sees them making a mistake and he tries in the most gentle, kind way to have them maybe rethink something, and you can, you can tell when he knows, like, you're going to get sent home for this. And exactly. He, he tries. I, I love Tim Gunn. Exactly. Yeah. So that's my number five. Um, off of my number five, onto your number five. Kevin, who is your number five? All right. My number five has to be just, I don't know. For me, she's joy personified. And that is uh, Carla Hall from Top Chef. Oh, I love Carla Hall. Oh, my God. She was instantly, to me, a star. The moment she wandered onto the the kitchen the very first time, there was her smile, her eyes. She has these anime eyes that are so big and so expressive. It's like she was made in a lab somewhere by Disney. Um, That's how expressive she is. And so genuine and so kind. uh, And... Her whole thing about cooking from love and with love, uh, and if you if she says uh, one of the things she I've heard her say um, 
was if you're not going to go into the kitchen and cook with love and kindness and joy, then the only thing you should be making for dinner is reservations. And I'm like, I absolutely love that. And I love that philosophy. And I love everything about her. And the thing that really made her a star where everybody was like, what? Was when she, when they, when they uh, weren't doing one of the challenges, they have to go to shop and they go to Whole Foods. And she shared the fact that her, her and her husband, whenever they're in a public space and they're separated to try and find each other, one will go hootie. And the other one will go, who? And they will find each other with that call. And it was the most adorable thing ever when she's yelling out, Hootie, trying to find her her teammate in that particular challenge, was just like, oh, my God, Carla Hall, get out of my heart. Get out of my heart. Never leave. Never leave, Carla. So that is why. Carla, you may want to get a bodyguard. Anyway. <laughs> That is why she is my number five favorite. My TV. my mother, my mother in the age, of the golden age of the chew. You couldn't get her on the phone. <laughs> wow. She, yeah, she was my reason for watching the chew. I loved her on the chew. She was she again. I don't understand why this hasn't happened. Someone needs to snatch her up. The chew is over with, but there needs to be another show. And again, I I'm always here to solve your problems, Hollywood. All right. Here's the concept. You need a show. This whole thing about having five hosts, it's over. You don't need to have five people. The View did it. That's been done. You All you need is three people. You need a cooking slash lifestyle expert. That is Carla Hall. The other two, you have a person that's all newsy, all news, all the time. Then you have another person that's all about Hollywood and uh, hot topics and what's going on in the business as well as the rumors of Hollywood and relationships and breakups. You have those three. Put them together. Get them a desk. Get them a kitchen. It's a show. Make it happen, Hollywood. Make Every time so. I come on here, I keep thinking I'm getting pitched. <laughs> that, that's because you are. That's because you are. That's funny. You know what, though? Even if you're not here, we pitch to the audience. <laughs> we, we, we have so many ideas for good things and how we can. I, I'm surprised nobody has snatched us up yet. No one's listening to us. Nobody's Why won't listening. they listen? We could save Hollywood. We could it's save TV them. channeling development. Think tank. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, that'd be a good reality show. Basically, TV channeling, Tachi and I trying to basically come up with a show that and pitch it to people and actually get it picked up. That's the show. Well, that show's gonna probably gonna go on for like 17 seasons. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, they're not listening to they us. They will not listen to us. No. All right, Troy. So what is your number four? Well, strangely, I'm going back to the world of food for my number four with Mr. Ooh. Alton Crawford Brown. Oh, my Lord. The ultimate uh, self-made television host. Uh, this, is, this is a guy who didn't like cooking shows, so he said, you know what? I'm going to go to cooking school. <laughs> And then I'm going to become the greatest host in the in the entire history of, of cooking shows. And he did. I um, love Alton Brown. Good Eats, be it old or new, Iron Chef. I can't think of anything that has ever not been improved massively uh, for having had him present. Uh, I, I like him because he's a person that I believe. I believe that he is telling the truth. He mm. is He's the Tom Brokaw of food, only more fun. Um. There's just there's just something about him where you just feel like if he's telling you something, it's not because somebody wrote it on a cue card. It's because he genuinely understands process. And that's what makes him so much fun to watch for me. Oh, wow. G Good Eats was one of the that show was so creative with the, the different ways they taught us so many things 
uh, about food, about equipment, the whole yeah. the, the whole way they taught us about cooking equipment and the nod to James Bond and Q. It was yeah. it was absolutely an amazing show. Yeah, I, I remember a lot of episodes, but I love, there's one where he focused on, it was like Southern cooking, because he is Southern, but yeah. he talked about making collard greens. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, people are finicky about collard greens. I didn't grow up eating collard greens because I'm African, so that's not something we ate. I fell in love with them, you know, as my friends, mothers or whatever, was, you know, started making them. And you can't eat everybody's greens. But right. I'll eat Alton Brown's greens. I'll, oh I'll eat anything God. that I'll eat anything that has the word smothered in the name. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, it was smothered. Absolutely. I don't care Absolutely. if you just put a pillow over the turkey. If it was smothered, then <laughs> I'm there. Smothered turkey. <laughs> Wow, absolutely wow. great answer, great answer, great answer. All right, Tachi, so what is your number four? Oh, my number four pick, I, I think I'm going to have to stick with Project Runway, Christian Siriano. Don't you dare! No. <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> Why do you sound like a pirate? What the hell? <laughs> that was down, that's downright visceral. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so I, I'm guessing he's on your list too. Well, he was. Not, he was. <laughs> oh well. Pick one of your other ones that you were gonna cheat. He, with. he wasn't on my list, but I think I think he's fantastic. He's absolutely fantastic, and I think because there's a like you were talking about before the humanity. I I I liked him. I mean, first of all, he's an amazing designer on that seasonal project runway where he was there. He was what was he even twenty years old when when he was on there? He may, I don't know. I, I don't know how old he was. He, yeah, was he was insanely, young. annoyingly young. Yes, he was. Very young, but he, he knew what he wanted. He knew he knew his stuff, and he was impeccable with every challenge. He absolutely deserved to win. I, I just love him. And then, you know, the things that he's done beyond that. Yes. So now, of course, he hosts Project Runway. He's one of the... um. Well, is he a judge? No, he's, he's actually... He's the mentor. He's, he's the new... Yeah. The he mentor. The new, he's the new um, Tim Gunn. Right. So he's more, he's a new mentor. He's not a judge. He's the new mentor uh, and deservedly so. And uh, beyond that, I remember very well when Leslie Jones could not get a designer to save her life to dress her for the red carpet of Ghostbusters, the remake of Ghostbusters. And she said on Twitter, damn, nobody wants it. And he had his hands raised, I'll dress you, and came up with this fantastic gown that fit her like a glove. And that's what I like, that he is inclusive. So, of yes. course, I'm always uh, excited. And he's a designer, besides being a person. Personality. I, I watch um, New York Fashion Week every year. I'm always excited for his show. He never disappoints. So he's still a designer. So, you know, sometimes people uh, become personalities and they stop doing what they do. He's still very much a designer. He comes out with a collection. And on top of that, he and his team now are, are um, uh, making masks. 
uh, to prevent against yeah. COVID-19. So they, yeah, the warehouse or whatever is shut down, but he got permission from the city of New York to uh, open up his uh, factory again so that he could, or his workshop again, so that he could uh, help with producing the mask. So he's just really about humanity. And so aside from being a personality, that's why I love him as a person. You know, there's a sincerity in action with him. I keep talking about this all the time, but just people who are authentically uh, kind and supportive. It's the reason why I have difficulty when I watch shows where the point of the show is, is to tear apart the participant. Mm. Um, there's none of, well, project runaway project runaway really doesn't do that uh, in the first place. They're very, they're, they're usually very supportive and things usually aren't as barbed uh, as they are on other shows. But Siriano always seems like he's, he's just there to elevate the proceeding. He's just there to elicit the the best out of you. Uh, it's one of the things I really like about him. Is I, I really feel like he's genuinely invested in every conversation he has on the show. And mm. as, as a personality, when he was a contestant on the show, he walked in and he had a huge ego. And he had, you know, what it took to back it up. It's like, I, I actually don't mind people that have huge egos when they actually come with, oh, I have, I, I brought receipts. Mm -hmm. And he brought receipts. And um, he, he, there's a lot of people that came from that show that are absolutely working in the fashion industry that have made names for themselves in that industry. But he has made a name for himself, period. People know him that don't know anything about fashion. I'm one of those people. But I've heard of him. Everybody's heard of him. So that was that was an excellent pick, Tachi. Oh well, thank you. I don't know why you said it with such contempt, but thank you. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that was great. That was great. On your part. <laughs> well, since I've kind of messed things up for you, what is your number four, Kevin? Yeah. All right. Okay. So. Uh, my number four, a lot of people may not remember, but at one point, uh, America's Next Top Model uh, actually became co-ed. And they opened mm -hmm. they opened the competition up to both men and women uh, in 2015. And that year, history was made. Not only because they had dudes, but the history was made because they had their very first deaf contestant. Uh, and... Um, his name was Niall DeMarco, and oh he word. went on to actually win. And so it was amazing that for some reason it was it was what was funny to me, like on the time of social media, people were like, wait, death dudes can be hot. Like, yeah, they 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 can get gym memberships and everything. So that was that, that was part of it. But the other part of it was what he went on to do afterwards. First of all, he became an advocate for people uh, with uh, uh, hearing uh, uh, disabilities, which was amazing. But he also went on to go on to Dancing with the Stars. And when yep. you're a person who can't hear the music, who goes, that doesn't, not only goes on Dancing with the Stars, but ultimately wins Dancing with the Stars, mm. you become one of Kevin's favorite reality show personalities. I think it's great that you're actually talking about a participant on a show and not a host, because I always gravitate towards talking about the hosts. Mm. Well, I just thought that the, when I thought of personalities, I thought that that was uh, that we were going to be talking about the actual Yo, kind of people that were on the shows uh, versus the because I thought that that would be maybe another show 
<laughs> we do our top five TV show up reality hosts, but that, that's just that. me. But anyway, I'm always thinking about the future. I'm always thinking about more content. Oh, anyway, um, <laughs> so anyway, but but just to me, the drive and the discipline. That's why athletes do so well on Dancing with the Stars. They always crush it. They always kill it. But also the the not having being able to hear is just amazing to me that he won and he didn't win like it wasn't a sympathy thing it wasn't like ah we'll give him the win he danced his ass off the dedication and the joy and the proving that you know that what expectations of what's possible for people with disabilities he shattered you know, uh, on two shows, he shattered what's possible or what people thought was possible and opened the door for a lot of people and um, a, a community that that goes, you know, is pretty invisible to a lot of us. Uh, the people that have hearing disabilities, he, you know, opened the door and put, put a spotlight on them. And I think he 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 stood up very well uh, under the under those harsh lights. That's a great pick, and and I'm I'm glad that you picked a participant as opposed to a host as well. That's awesome. All right. So, what is your number three pick, Troy? Well, hang on a minute. I got I'm shaking the bag now. Oh, shake. Okay, shake gotta, the bag. I got to shake the bag and draw out three other people because I'm not going to talk about hosts for the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just talk about people I like. Uh, I have a I have a favorite. Uh, Dancing with the Stars uh, competitor, and that Ooh. is a, a certain Mr. George Hamilton. Oh! Uh, I think George Hamilton was probably the most entertaining person that they've ever had on that show. <gasps> and I was lucky enough that that was one of the seasons that I was working on. Uh, I was really a big fan of George, and one of the things I said in the beginning is I said, you know, I want you to understand something. I said, you'll never know it. Um, based on my age i was still in my early 30s and i said but i know you well enough to know that literally anything we do with you is fine as long as the audience is knows that you're in on the joke said because that's all that's always been the thing i've most admired about you is that you're willing to go along with the joke and we did such crazy packages with him where he went to beverly hills to campaign for votes (laughs) Um, (laughs) we, we sent we sent him to the zoo to figure out his animal totem to get him through the week uh, which he he sort of latched onto the Shafaka monkey, which if there's anything funnier uh, to hear your Polish dance partner say than Shafaka monkey, I can't <laughs> imagine what it would be. Um, and just gosh, he was a, a tremendous amount of fun, and he was one of the one of the the great uh, classic Hollywood figures that we were able to get on the show before it became. Uh, I won't say I won't say that it's very pop culture centric, but we have there's a lot of. Uh, a lot of athletes uh, on the show. There's a lot of people who are on a show on ABC at the same time that, that dancing is running. Um, oh, I thought that was a coincidence. It just worked out. I yeah. don't. I don't think so. I think. It, I think it's you know it, it, they like to get somebody from Disney ABC on there. Mm, um, I was okay. being. But I, I was. My acting was yeah. so good you couldn't tell I was being sarcastic. No. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you're, so you're not watching the Cheetah Girls every week, and you're not a, not as big a fan of High School Musical as we might have thought. No, but not you know, what? I do have to ask you. I for, since you since you you opened the door with this, talking about the most entertaining people that were on Dancing with the Stars that were guests yeah. or, or contestants. Yes. What did you think? Were were you on? Uh, were were you working the seasons of that? Uh, Cloris Leachman was on there because for me, yeah. Cloris Leachman 
brought she brought it i mean she was so fun and so funny talk about being in on the joke she was telling the joke yes. and in on the joke she was telling i thought that she was very entertaining i'll tell you Cl- cloris leachman just personally uh, i wasn't on the season she was on but when tommy chong was on mm. um one of the packages that we did that season was tommy goes to the desert to uh, recharge himself and he spends some time in a sweat lodge with Peta and, and experiences a vision of Cloris Leachman over the desert. <laughs> <laughs> and as, as Peta is like, who are you talking to? And Cloris Leachman says, uh, don't worry about her. No one under 40 can hear me. <laughs> oh, my God. What a, what a and, great line. And, and I've never had a better time in my life. Then writing that package for the two of them was just like, ugh, like I died and went to comedy heaven. Oh, wow. Oh but. That's yeah, amazing. Okay, I've got to ask one more. Speaking of uh, Mary, Ty- Mary Tyler Moore alum, were you had? Do you have anything to do with Valerie Harper's uh, time on the show? I don't. I had. I was not there. I was there for seasons two, three, and nineteen, and that was it. Oh, okay. And I don't have any stories that are particularly juicy. They're all just lovely stories about nice people, like walking out my front door at, you know, at midnight and and seeing Betsy Johnson sitting on a parking stop in front of my office, just like. Isn't isn't this kind of like an amazing place at, at night? And having this wow. conversation with the, with her about like just how much fun she was having on the show and what an amazing thing it was for her. I'm like, you've seen everything. <laughs> I mean, like, wow, and I like, love Betsy Johnson. Oh, she's she is an absolutely lovely person who is just as energetic and loving and kind as you would imagine her to be. Oh, from, wow. From her on TV. Wow. Oh, you know what? Okay, this is just a, this is another one of those tips that we like to give here on TV channeling to producers. All right, Dancing with the Stars, you need to do a show where you have all the people that were the first three eliminated from every season. Bring some of those people back and do give and give them another chance at glory, and have the winner ultimately be somebody who was kicked out of their season on, on either one, two, or three people to leave. I'd love to see those people get a second bite at the apple. Mm. The second chance ballroom. Exactly. Mm. See, exactly. Yes. yes. And they, and may might even find love. There you go. We'll we'll have all the people that got voted off early, like Tucker Carlson and Master P. Do you really want to watch that show? Uh, I, well, not we'll not those particular two that you picked, <laughs> but there are some I'm people teasing, to me who I'm left teasing. way too early that were that were <laughs> that would have were interesting. I would have liked to see again. You know what? Have your people call my people, and we'll go through the list of who should be those. As long as Master P and Wendy Williams are not on that list, I'm good. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my God! Look, yeah. as a dancer, I'm very—you know—I look at Dancing with the Stars very differently because I am a dancer, and so I can't help but to look at it from a dance perspective. And when I'm watching this something, I want to be entertained. So if you're not even trying, or it's it, it's painful to watch, it bothers me. So yeah, no, not those two. Well, see, what bothers me about Dancing with the Stars? their level. It's meeting people at their level and mm-hmm. letting them figure out how 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 far they can go with it. Yeah, I, I, honestly, it always bothers me when they have people that are truly professional dancers, that are contestants, yes. that are con- professional against people that truly are trying something new. And that's why I like yes. to see the people that were like the first three eliminated. I like to see those people come back and compete against other people who are around who are similar At kind their of skill level. level. Yeah. Because it doesn't ever never seems fair to me when you have someone who's like, oh, I'm an ice skater who dance. I dance on ice with 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 knives on my feet, and <laughs> shockingly, I'm able to do this without the without ice. I'm really good at it. What a surprise! Well, this is why I like. So you think you can dance? What a wonderful show! 
It's wonderful. I do love have, it. Do you have time for another tangential story? Yeah, um, let's always. do tangent, of course. That's all this show is about is tangential stories. Yes. Wonderful. This is one of the nicest things I've ever experienced in my life. I, I, it's, you'll notice I never drop a celebrity story that's negative. They're all very positive. Uh, again, walked out my door uh, at CBS, on the CBS lot where we do Dancing with the Stars. And So You Think You Can Dance is in the, or was in the stage that was right next door to us. I walked out my front door. There's one car in the parking lot, and it's this huge blue Rolls Royce. And there's Nigel Lithgow is sitting on a bench by himself behind the stage. Mm. And I had to cross over to go in to get something. And as I passed him, I turned to him and I said, what's it like making the exact show you've always wanted to make exactly the way you wanted to make it? And he just looked up and he was like, it is the best feeling in the world. I was just thinking about that. Wow. And I got, oh my God, just the lump in the throat. Like it's that thing where it's like, you know, with his, with his history with dance and, and just, he really, 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 really loves the arts. Um, and just, just to see him, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know how many people get to create something from that pure place and have it manifest. And it was so cool. I mean, just to be able to say that to him. You know what I like about you, Troy? Not just the fact that you tell these tangential stories that are wonderful, but the fact that you really, honestly, when you talk about the, you want people to win and you're genuinely happy for yes. these individuals. That's what I love about you. Well, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a curse too. I, I was joking with somebody about it the other day. I said, I'm, when I used to work on the surreal life, Bill Hader was our tape librarian that he, that he was working on that show was one of the last jobs he had before he got Saturday Night Live. And I still get excited when I see him. And I thought, it has been 17 years since I've had a conversation with him. And I still am like, well, good for him. Nobody wow. needs me to say good for you. Nobody, I did a short with Jenna Fisher in 2004. That was her and her husband, James Gunn. He went on to do Guardians of the Galaxy. She got the office literally, I think, if I remember correctly, was cast on the office or got the call the same day that we shot this short. Wow. And I, wow. Watch, I watch these people. I go, good for them that's great I drop them an email hey i just saw guardians of the galaxy 2 <laughs> what a great movie and it's just like past the point where there's any reason why my cheerleading means anything to anybody but i can just get so excited for people and hold on to that um uh, well first of all you're making the world a better place i think yes. if, mo if more of us out there especially let's say in hollywood we're able to genuinely be happy for other people's success. It takes nothing from you to Correct. be happy for someone else's success. Yeah. It's, there's, there's, it's, it's not bitey. I, I did a show a couple of years ago um, that was called Hollywood Divas. So we had, yeah, I remember Hollywood Divas. Yeah, we had, we had Elise Neal and Countess Vaughn and Paula uh -huh. Parker. Yes. And like they joke all the time. They're like, yeah, you know, it's funny that a lot of times when they're casting black female leads, she says, you show up in the room and it's the same five people. And in the end, they always give it to Taraji anyway. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, you know, there's a level of support within certain groups and certain communities that I think is so cool. And it's just, mm. it's, uh, I, I, I don't like you know, the backbitey stuff. Well, there's so much nepotism in Hollywood. Um, the only reason Taraji P. Henson is so successful is because Brad Pitt is her son. <laughs> Clearly Benjamin Button. Anyway. 
Wow. Tashi, you know what? See, this is why he you're does. my TV twin because you got that joke. No one else. I, what the? Why is is Kevin high on what is what? Okay. I no, will I, tell you, my brain disconnected with the stem when you said that. I was like, what? What? How? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got it right away. <laughs> well, this is, uh, sh- this is why I'll never let her go. I'll never let her go. <laughs> right. shout, wait a minute, but shout out to Taraji because she is also she a is Howard amazing. University grad. Oh. So she and uh, there's a bunch of Howard folks that are in Hollywood. So shout out to Taraji. Yeah. All right, Tachi. So what is your next pick? Okay, so I'm moving over to um, the Real Housewives franchise. And I'm moving over to the Real Housewives of Atlanta. My number three pick. Uh-oh. <laughs> wait now. Is Dwight Eubanks? You remember Dwight? <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Dwight has something about him where he is so prim and proper, but ratchet at the same time, but quietly ratchet, if that makes any sense, because uh, this is my favorite line from him. He and um, Nini, this was like in the early uh, days of uh, RHOA, they were getting their uh, toes done, they were getting pedicures, and um, Sheree was doing that She by Sheree line. (laughs) I'm sorry, I laugh every time I say that. Was doing the She by Sheree line. And um, he said, well, I heard on the radio the other day that, you know, because something had happened where she didn't get the fashions because the samples got messed up. I heard the other day on the radio that somebody had a fashion show with no fashions. How dreadful. The way he said how dreadful, I still say that to this day because it was like quiet shade (laughs) the way he did it. And so it's just, he's hilarious to me. And he's my number three, Dwight Eubanks. I, I this see this is you are throwing shade at the Real Housewives of uh, Atlanta because the idea that of all the all the wise that have passed through Atlanta, the fact that the person that you named from that show is Dwight, who I'd say was on that show, being generous, I'd say ten times in all the years it's been on. So that that you're the one throwing shade now. Oh, yeah. No, well, I'm not saying that none of the others are worth. There was just something that caught, like I said, something about a character or a a personality will catch me. And that caught me. So, yeah, deal with it. Dwight. Oh, my God. Yeah, we we need to discuss the real businesses of the Real Housewives because that's a show in itself. (laughs) The real sidelines of. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god oh my god the the hair care the 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 weaves the 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 fashions yeah the sex toys of the of the reality stars all right oh lord okay well candy candy candy, co- candy coated candy. nights candy yeah. coated nights not a sponsor but we, we would love to be all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna leave that leave that one there Go ahead, Kevin. Okay, so my number three pick. No, 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 no. We have to ask. Um, did we ask? Yeah, oh. we did, Troy. That's why. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We oh, already yeah. did. We're, go, we're going turn. in the. We're, I'm sorry. The we got so, Troy, you, me. We got. I'm sorry. We got sidelined, so I forgot. All right. So let me ask you, Kevin. What is your number three? All right, my number three pick is someone who was looked over, passed over for people that were far less than than she. Far less. So much so, even Elton John called it out when it happened. And my pick is Jennifer Hudson. Damn. From, uh, yeah, from uh, uh, from American Idol. And yep. so 
Well, uh, so when she got uh, when she got kicked off the show, um, a lot of people were like absolutely stunned. And like I was saying, one of those people that was stunned when she got kicked off in season three. That's how long ago she's been um, uh, in our consciousness. She was in seventh place when she got booted from the show. So that's as high as she made it. And um, uh, Elton John called it out as uh, as racist. Uh, which was very bold because a lot of people were like at home going like, mm, yeah, uh, look who's it still on the show. Yeah, um, so Elton John's like, oh, no, I don't have to clear my throat. It, this is racism straight up. And Jennifer Hudson, the best the, 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 the best revenge is success. Oh, my God. There are, American Idol had so many people come and go from that show. So many from people, Justin to Kelly? Yeah, <laughs> so many people that have come and just gone into the ether that we never, we never see, we never think about. But Jennifer Hudson not only uh, went uh, went on to have a career selling actual selling music, but to get an Oscar and to be a legitimate actress uh, from that. I absolutely love her, and I love the way she handled that loss. I love the way she continued, and never looked back and has been generous about where she got her start from a lot of people might be kind of bitter and like not want to no she she went on and also like kind of did mentor thing she's guested on that show so just an incredible personality i love the joy that with which she sings her commitment to her craft and even when she was on the show her commitment and the the, the just the gift you're hearing the voice of god come through her mouth it, she was amazing on that show and i love who she was on that show and i love what she's become and that's why she's my number three that's mm. a pretty good call she's Very my good. dream girl <laughs> Mm. All right. So, Troy, what is your number two pick? All right. Pains me to say it out loud, but I'm going to tell you, uh, it's actually Andy Cohen. Ooh. And Andy that is Cohen, a very interesting I, pick. I, I said I was going to try to get away from hosts, but I want to tell you something about Andy Cohen uh, from a the holistic approach to the guy standpoint. The thing I love about Andy Cohen, and, and I used to get notes from Andy and an executive named Christian Barcellus when I worked on Flipping Out in the beginning. Um, Andy has always been super passionate about reality television and people, and I think that the one thing that initially did him a disservice is what has made him so successful, in that he approaches everything with the sort of demeanor of a child who has won a contest. That he's just so happy to be in the presence of people and to be part of telling stories and to have shaped that network the way that he has. I just think he's fun to watch. It used to be, I would watch him and I, like, I remember on when we did the flipping out reunion special, which is one of the first things that I think he hosted. The first thing he said on that show was he says, Jeff, I think all of America wants to know, did you get your lips done? <laughs> and I thought, what a horrible way to open a reunion special. But he asked, he, he has fun in a way where he's not checking himself. If he proposes something or asks a question and finds out that the question is factually unsound, like if he's, it would be like asking somebody about something that they hadn't done or, or getting some piece of information wrong. He just roll, he totally rolls with it. Like he's just like a guy who's curious. And I, it just, it, he's like the most attentive person at a party. And that just fascinates me because he's 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 very authentic 
And he, I don't know why, but it's, it's taken me 12 years to feel this way about him. But I really just like him, the idea of him as a person mm. in a way that I don't know that I did in the beginning um, when he was an executive. So I, I think he's a pretty, I think he's a pretty neat guy. He's a lot of fun to watch. And clearly uh, America agrees with watch what happens being as successful as it is. Well, wow. I think the I think part of his success is the fact that he genuinely seems like a fan, especially in the early yes. days. There that there was so much giddiness about the uh, a who he was able to talk to, and he seemed like a genuine fan of the whole reality thing, like the housewives. Like he feels like he's the biggest fan of all of them, and, and um, it, it it shines through on Watch What Happens when he's yes. interviewing some of them. He's in his uh, my God, the the thing he feels the things he feels for Nene Leakes. You can see just like they've come so far together and it, yeah. you could, and you're kind of excited for them, I think. Well, it's again, I mean, it's I don't know how much more I have to say other than just like as an as an individual. I think he also has always had that image of himself always mm-hmm. um, as kind of a brand. I can remember I was was in an office somewhere and somebody had a, a ceramic plate that had like a Warhol style triple image of Andy Cohen on it. And I said, where did you get that? He goes, Andy Cohen sent it to me for Christmas. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, Andy Cohen has like his own face on cheese plates as a Christmas gift. And this was very early, you know, in in him doing the the Bravo stuff. And I thought it was so funny. And it's just like, because I can remember, you know, first time I met with a publicist, they said, what do you want? I said, I want to be the Joyce Brothers of reality television. I want to be the guy that always shows up when someone's talking about it. Hmm. Uh, And I think that Andy is sort of the, Andy sort of realized the dream I used to have about being the guy that you go to to talk about reality TV. I think wow. I think that I think that's just such a it's just such a cool thing what he's been able to uh, to transform himself into. He definitely is a brand. That that's one thing that when you see Andy Cohen, you think brand, and he's done an amazing job of yeah. branding himself. And not in that gross way where you hear what people you say a brand and you think about someone who's just selling like form fitting outfits and things. <laughs> like Fashion Andy, Nova. Andy is a brand, and the brand is fun. Yeah. So. No. Absolutely. Good pick. Wow. All right, Tachi. So what is your number two pick? Okay, so here I have to cheat a little bit. Uh, so I am going back to the the Real Housewives, but then I also, because we were talking, um, it's ironic that we were talking about dance shows because I, I was torn between which one. You know, these are hard. So you were lambasting me for not selecting a, a housewife, and I did have a housewife on the um, list, Kevin, Nene uh. Leakes. and the thing is it's not that i not 100 necessarily agree with everything she does on the show um do i think she's over the top when she doesn't need to be sometimes yes but that's my own opinion but i think i think the thing that i that resonates with me is that she's unapologetic about it and is and dares you to say something about it and she does have some moments that are very you know that are very nice moments and she has some awful moments as well but she's i think the thing is that she's she's this bigger than life character and it's it's really interesting how she's been able and that she also kind of represents and this is not how everybody in atlanta is obviously but she kind of represents big atlanta i spent a lot of time in atlanta because of production and so i've seen some nini ish type people 
Um, <laughs> so it, it kind of is nostalgic in a way for me. So Nini is, is one, but then when uh, I was thinking about wanting to include, so you think I can, you, you can dance, Twitch from season 10. Oh. I think it's, yeah, I think it's amazing the fact that he was primarily a hip hop dancer, right? Um, And did street dance, but was able to adequately master aspects of concert dance. And I remember one of my favorite uh, dances that they did, remember there were four of them left on the end. So two women and then two men, Twitch. And I can't remember the other guy. He had cornrows, but I remember that. They did, uh, somebody choreographed like, an ethnic, I don't know if it was like Russian slash Ukrainian dance that they did and they killed it. Absolutely amazing. So I always love when people, their limits are tested in terms of you're trained to do one thing, but you work your damnedest and you master the other thing. So I think he did a phenomenal job and obviously he's been able to spin that into, you know, now being the DJ on Ellen and all sorts of things. So Nene Leaks on one end and Twitch on the other. That's my number two. That's a, that's a good, uh, good write down. Yeah. Kevin, what are you going to say? Oh, well, yeah, congrats on that pick. Those picks, I should say, plural. So <laughs> Wait a minute, are both of them on your list? <laughs> uh, no, but I would just say that feels like a lot more than five. So since you've opened the door. All right. So See, with, with Mr. Before Allison I go Holker. to Before yes. I do my number two pick, I want to mention a relationship that I actually, a reality show relationship that I really, really like. And that would be the the friendship of one Dr. Jackie and Dr. Simone on Married to Medicine. Oh, Married to Medicine. Okay, okay. That friendship is so genuine. And one of the things the the that I find most entertaining about reality shows, and especially when they have when they have the uh, reunions, is like. Uh, oh well, have you talked to so and so? No, not since we stopped taping. But like, hey, that's your best friend, I guess, on TV. But when we're not on TV, I don't talk to these bitches. Is basically the attitude of most of them. Right. And so the 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 stakes being so high, they've had so many incredible moments, especially in the reunions where uh, Dr. Jackie's marriage was in trouble at one point because her husband had strayed and it got public and it got ugly. And Simone, the way she rushed to her side and the way she fought for her friend and she fought for her marriage uh, was amazing. And I thought, well, that can't be topped. Oh, but yes, it could be. Because when uh, the season before last, it it was uh, Dr. Simone and her husband were in the process of getting a divorce. Dr. Jackie pulled out this last ditch effort to basically get them to see each other and what what brought them together in the first place in that reunion and i have never seen so many genuine tears flow on a tv show than i saw flow in that reunion episode and i've never had so many real tears flow from me watching a reality reunion i was like wait i'm not i'm not crying you're crying it was amazing the love they have for each other and then the reunion of the very last season they had kind of had some tension and kind of their friendship was was basically on shaky ground because Dr. Jackie had basically befriended one of the other girls who had publicly been really ugly towards uh, Dr. Simone's husband. Really ugly. And she had a hard time reconciling the fact that her friend would be that way. They healed it during that reunion. 
one of your favorites, Troy, was Andy Cohen. Andy Cohen is bringing friendships of black women together. He's bringing black women together. So that was an absolutely amazing, their friendship. And so that's what I remember, too. I'm just, I'm just mentioning it because Tachi opened the door, so I had to throw that in there because I wanted to squeeze it in. So, Tachi, thank you. I wouldn't have if it weren't for you. But thank no, don't you ever. Go ahead, Troy. What were you going to say? Oh no, I, I I've completely forgotten. Like I told you, my, my, my retention is very is very low. Oh, okay. Well, if you think of it, interrupt Kevin. Oh, I think I think I was going to say uh, that'll make for a very interesting statue someday, as as Andy Cohen is the great unifier of the, of the, <laughs> the like, like a Harriet Tubman statue. Someplace. <laughs> it's going to be a, it's a big statue of him with Dorothy Parker's ashes tucked under it in the offices of the NAACP. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. He's bling. He's bringing black women together. All right. Um, all right. So my number two pick, uh, because again, Tachi snatched one of my other picks, but you so. took the same amount of time as it would have been for anyway. Go ahead. I pulled this one out of thin air. But it, it's actually it's actually an impressive pick, I think, if, if from coming from me for a variety of reasons. We'll and be the judge of that. This <laughs> this particular reality show personality, the first time I think me and most of America got a glimpse of her was on a little show called The Apprentice, Martha Stewart edition. And that celebrity turned out to be one Bethany Frankel. Oh, damn it. Oh. How dare you? And so the reason why I, <laughs> I'm mentioning Bethany Frankel is because not only did she start on, to me, the balls of anybody to think that they could ever, ever dare to make Martha Stewart happy in any way, have her be satisfied with anything you've ever done. Because I don't think Martha Stewart's ever been happy with anything ever in her whole life. That is her brand. Nothing is good enough for her. But to actually go on a show going, oh, I am good enough to basically be your assistant. I am good enough to basically make you happy. That took all kinds of galls. And gall. Galls. Oh, I almost said something galls else. And gall. Gall. <laughs> gall. I'll say it that way. Um, so I was impressed with that aspect of her. That's where I first saw her. So I did never, I never watched The Real Housewives of New York. So when she was on there before she even was a wife, when she was a friend of or whatever, I wasn't watching her. I came on to watching her again. I discovered her during uh, 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 when she was uh, uh, Bethany. I think it was called Bethany having a baby or Bethany's pregnant or Bethany ever after or Bethany something where she uh, basically uh, her uh, finding love or something like that and then her being pregnant and everything like that I started get, you're not talking about Bethany getting, getting Bethany getting married are you okay yeah, I guess that's I think that's where I came into that's okay. where I, I think I first actually started watching her post uh, the uh, Martha Stewart's apprentice yeah. was that I never I never saw her on uh, Housewives of New York and I discovered her and I found her to be incredibly annoying but I couldn't look away I couldn't look away and I watched that that was a special that part of Bethany getting married and then I went to that Bethany ever after and watched her interview assistants and annoy assistants and uh, and I saw her be mean to her husband and I remember thinking like god this this is not gonna work out but I can't look away I can't look away and she didn't have Dr. Simone or Jackie to try and heal that relationship it's over but it was fascinating to watch it crash and burn and so 
And if that wasn't enough, she went on to create her own brand, the skinny girl thing, and yes. became like a skillionaire. And yeah. now she's on Shark Tank as one of the experts. She will not go away. And she won't go away. And yet, I can't look away. I can't look away. Which is why Bethany Frankel, begrudgingly, is my number two pick. Wow. I, I will tell you that there is a, a wonderful man named Peter Gamba, who was an editor on Real Housewives of New York, who just passed away, he was one of the, the first casualties from COVID. Oh, wow. Um, when I got Basketball Wives for the first time, uh, at the same company that produced Bethany Ever After, I actually studied her and that show extensively before I started because I was so into the way it was cut, the timing, how beautiful it was. So I'm really just interrupting this to just mention Peter Gamba just because he was such an amazing guy and his contributions to shows like that in Real Housewives of New York were, were e- extremely uh, significant. Yeah, Bethany wow. Ever After was beautifully shot, so um, uh, thank yeah. you for sharing that. That was that was a beautiful looking reality show, and I don't know about uh, I don't know if you you probably don't know this about me, Troy, but I like to house hunt while oh. watching TV. <laughs> I loved the apartment that they had, the first one, not yes. the second one, but the first. I know, what, I know she, which one you're talking about. It was beautiful. loved that apartment. I loved everything about it, and um, so yeah, that was that was those were fun times in her life. Uh, um, that particular show, her her talk show, not so much. But anyway, so Tachi. Mm. Um, oh no, no, it's time to go back to Troy. So Troy, Troy, Troy. what is your number one pick? My number one pick of all time is Pedro Zamora from The Real World. Damn oh. it! Oh my god! <laughs> you can't win today, Ken. You can't. Win. I, I think I just sank. I think I just sank your battleship. Uh, for all the reasons that you probably liked him, it's it's that thing where I, I reality television and being able to. Uh, produce a result that actually matters uh, as a participant in a show um, is a very hard thing to do. And in an age where a lot of people are looking to, I mean, admittedly, this was before we all were thinking about our brands so much. Um, just who Pedro Zamora was and his openness and his willing to be that open on the show that was that accessible to so many people at a time where we needed to be able to hear about stuff. Um, I just think it was a very, it was very brave. And was very well done. He was very sincere. He didn't ram anything down anybody's throats. Um, I, I, there's not much I can not much I can say outside of it. I I really think that he is he's the number one uh, reality participant in the history of the uh, of the genre. Wow, excellent pick. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can talk you can talk uh, for a while amongst yourselves because I have to, I have to blot my face when I talk about uh, Peter Zamora. So yeah, okay, oh, wow. no, you're you're okay. absolutely right. That he he was incredible, and I think with what's what's happening right now with COVID, I think a lot of people, especially really young people, don't remember how scary. Uh, and un- all the unknowns when the AIDS crisis uh, was in its infancy. And a lot of us had never met or known anybody personally that had uh, HIV or AIDS. And Pedro Zamora was, you know, for, that for me, he was the first person I ever knew of that had AIDS. Uh, and I felt like I got to know him watching the real world. And 
also uh, like an out gay person, a young out gay person, and his uh, his um, commitment ceremony to Sean was the very oh. first commitment sh- ceremony ever on television. Mm, mm. So the bravery to not only be out as a gay man, uh, you know, circa 1994, uh, but also to come out as a person, you know, living with AIDS, to be so open was so incredibly brave. He meant so much to so many people and to die so young. He was 22 when he died. He died, uh, uh, I believe, right uh, uh, at the end of the uh, the show running, the the end of the show. And, he, uh, and his his passing were were pretty uh, ran pretty, pretty parallel. So he was absolutely incredible how forward he moved uh, things, I think, for. Uh, people in the gay community and also people dealing with and living with AIDS. He was an incredible advocate for both. Yeah. Wow. And mm. on a lighter note, don't ever steal his peanut butter. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. It was that, that was, serious, huh? That was, a, that was, I, I, there are still, uh, there are very few moments in reality that I think uh, rank as highly as did you, did you put your fingers in my peanut butter? <laughs> As he's accusing Puck of eating his uh, personal peanut butter with his finger. Oh, my God. Wow. Well, I feel him on that. Don't put your fingers in mine either. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Tachi. So what is your number one pick? Oh, we're down to the number one. There There are so many shows, but this show really resonates with me, and the host in particular really resonated with me because it wasn't about him, and I'm talking about Anthony Bourdain. I think oh. he brought such a a level. Uh, he leveled up reality television. He leveled up cooking shows. He leveled up travel shows. And again, it wasn't about him. It was about showing life wherever he went. It was about showing the people wherever he went. So instead of turning, he would go to places in Southeast Asia and Africa, in um, South America, and instead of turning them into monuments or going to Africa to see animals, he was really interested in the individuals and their way of life and showing us that they are people like everybody else that they enjoy cuisine that they enjoy life and that's what I loved about him he is so missed I think he was an extraordinary human being even if he didn't know so he was extraordinary well, and let, let, let me ahead. tell you let me tell you a secret Tashi okay I left him off my list because I assumed he was going to be your number one really <laughs> wow, see, wow. Well, that was very, very nice of you to do that for Tachi yeah that's great <laughs> Well, you know, I don't give a damn talk, about what you're talking about. I'm sorry, say that again. <laughs> I said, Kevin and I haven't talked TV enough. I, I you, know. You, I know. You, I know. Uh, you exactly yeah. exactly well thank you thank you for letting me have bourdain i mean i would have scrambled and found some, somebody oh, else but thank you for letting me ha- I, have it. i i'm just uh, enamored i was enamored by him every time i watched no reservations or the layover I, or parts unknown i once paid two hundred dollars to sit in the front row of a of a, an event where he spoke with roy Choi. and wow and it included a meet and greet afterward that took him an hour to get there. And he was so <laughs> blotto <laughs> by the time he got there, I just took the picture and left. Right. So I was like, wow. oh, well, at least he, he seems very Anthony Bourdain in this moment. Exactly. Exactly. You know, we had, but him. he also, he also writes all his own. He also wrote all of his own VO. 
Ah, which, which I didn't know he mentioned. did that. It, it's it's um, the reason why Parts Unknown and all of his other shows are so good are because it really is one of the purest uh, straight ahead visions uh, for a show that's that that's been. Is you have a, the guy on screen is also the guy who's writing his own copy. He's just not he's not sitting in a VO booth reading something that's been written for him. Mm. So it is Z- him. Mm. It is definitely him. Wow. And you know, and ZPZ, I don't know. Have you seen the new? Um, I'm so sorry with all the tangents. Have no, you seen? Right. So, have you seen somebody feed Phil? No, I haven't seen that yet. Uh, it's very funny to see what happens when you plug somebody else into a format that was done so masterfully by somebody else. Ah. Um, that Phil Rosenthal is a totally different person and totally different personality, but just as much fun. And that, that format that Bourdain set up in the first place uh, works very well for him too. And they're both by the same, made by the same company. It's both, they're both ZPZ shows. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Wow. I'm going to check it out. Good recommendation. Thank you. So yeah, he's my, my number one, Anthony Bourdain. Kevin? Yeah. Oh, oh. Um, <laughs> well, again, so many of my picks have been stolen throughout this episode. It's kind of hard. So, um, caught with my pants down. Um, so, I guess. Well, pull them up and move on, bro. Oh, just, just say Lisa Vanderpump, and then my mission will be complete. To destroy <laughs> okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of, I'm gonna kind of do a, a zigzaggy uh, pick. I'm gonna, okay. in general, pick. The contestants, the par- the partnerships of the Amazing Race. There have been so many partnerships that have been so incredible. The casting, the friendships, the relationships. There have there uh, there was a mother and her deaf son that stuck in my that stuck in my mind and in my heart. There were uh, there was a father and son that both survived cancer. They had to leave the show because the uh, uh, the the father got hurt, and they came back another subsequent season and won it. They were amazing. But I have to, when it comes to reality, since we talk about reality personalities, I have to give it to the fabulous Beekman boys. Because oh. they initially had, uh, uh, I believe it was on Bravo, or it may have been on VH1, I can't remember which, I think it was a Bravo show, where it was basically about these two guys from uh, Manhattan, uh, a gay couple, that uh, that go to the country and try to start like their own business. Um, uh, like it was, it was they, were, they had a, a working farm and they were making cheese, and I think they were going to try and have a bed and breakfast as well. Um, and it was kind of the idea idea was it was a, a real life version of green acres so one of them new york is where they wanted to stay and then the other one you know uh, <laughs> they wanted to be in the country and um they were an incredible couple and they were so different and i don't think we'd ever quite seen a gay couple like that in reality television but not only did we did they do that they also went on to the to be on the amazing race and to see the dynamic play out not edited the same way as a reality show because their, their reaction was kind of almost like kind of presented as a comedy it was almost like a sitcom it was so the way it was cut the timing the jokes it felt like a sitcom and it was actually a very funny satisfying show but when they to see them in a different like go under the pressure cooker that is the amazing race i love that show because of the relationships and what it does and how some people truly rise to the occasion and some people sink like a stone and they rose they absolutely rose uh on that show and i could not believe it when they won it was one of the best moments of a show that had had some stupendous moments so because my other picks were stolen 
the fabulous <laughs> Beekman boys are my number one pick. In you case can't of ju- emergency, break glass. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he can't just leave it as it is, my number well, one I pick. Can, he has to put digs in at both of us. I can, I can genuinely say that if I were here for three days, I would have not arrived at the Beekman boys, but... Uh, it has well, jostled that's, my, yeah, that's, jostled that's my memory. You know what? When, when, when under pressure, I rise. I rise. And so I rise. Mm, exactly. like, like bread. Anyway. That's like, when I was, that's like when I was talking about Nat Hiken and all these shows from the uh, from the 50s. It's just it's that, that deep cut that just really uh, that was satisfies really and surprises. Well, wow. the, 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 the Beekman boys were just too fabulous not to make it onto this episode. They were just too fabulous. Okay, I'm glad wow. you think so. Wow, I can't believe we come to an, uh, the end of, of another episode with our incredible guest. Yes, and friend to the show, Troy Duvall. Oh, oh. Always a pleasure. Yeah. The crowd goes wild. I really just come here to hear my name pronounced correctly. That's really like... Really <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad we do... Uh... A decent job of that. I We're feel happy you. to do it. All yeah. right, Troy. Before uh, we go, we want to let let people know how they can reach out and get in touch with you. So, how sure. can they do it? Well, you can follow me on Instagram at Remember We're Not Here with no punctuation, just as if it was one long word. Remember We're Not Here. You can also catch me on Facebook, just as Troy Devold. Who else would I be on Facebook? <laughs> uh, outside of that, you know, just uh, I've got books. You can uh, you can you can check those out at Amazon.com. I've got and another thing, which is a book about the television notes process. I've got Reality TV, which is a book about reality TV, and another book called uh, Should I Go to Film School. So pretty soon you'll also have Slump, which is how uh, just a guide to creative people getting through the slow times. Oh my! You're going to have to come back on the show uh, to plug that book when it's actually out. We can't I wait to hear more about it. I will do that. Wonderful. Wow, Tachi, we come to the end of another episode. We have. And isn't there something you want me to do, Kevin? I was just about to ask <laughs> you. <laughs> how can people listen to the incredibly uh, the incredible five-star rated podcast, TV channeling, other than how they're listening right now? And to hear all, all, all of our humility? Well, all you have to do is go to Stitcher. We're also on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio. You can listen live on WJMSRadio.com every Tuesday and Friday, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. And if you can't remember any of that, all you have to do is go to TVChanneling.com and click episodes at the top of the page and you can listen to all the latest episodes. And by the way, speaking of latest episodes, on any of those other platforms, all you have to do is subscribe and the latest episode, latest and greatest, will be sent to you. As soon as they drop, you'll know that they drop. And while you're there, please leave a lovely review. We would love to hear from you in terms of what you think about the show, providing it's nice. Yeah, all good things, all good things. All good things. So, Kevin, uh, in case... People want to rave about the wonderful job we do with TV channeling. How could they reach us on social? Okay. Yes, if you want to rave, <laughs> then you can reach out to us on social. Uh, you can reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are TV channeling everywhere and we would absolutely love to hear from you so if there's a new show you'd like us to review or if there's something going on in pop culture or entertainment that you want to hear our take on or if you want to get in touch with one of our guests please let us know we're here for you don't socially distance yourself from us 
No, no. Well, you know, not a social. Di- you have social media distance yourself. Yeah. Stay six feet away in, in person. Stay away from us. But <laughs> online, Get the hell we'd away. love to hear from you. <laughs> exactly. Once again, thank you to Troy for being here. You rock. And we can't wait to have you back when that new book drops because we want to hear all about it, as Kevin says. And with that, let's start off the way we always do, shall we? Yes. Goodbye from Tachi. And goodbye from Kevin. And remember, if you're watching it, we're talking about it with sanitized hands. Unless I'm stealing Kevin's picks. Cheers! (laughs) Stop keeping it real, Tachi. (laughs) 